fighting and hockey, I mean, I think there, there definitely is a, is a spot for it. And you know what, entertaining. I mean, I knew more times than not during a game that if I, there was 4,000, 5,000 people in the building, I knew I was going to fight. And how's everybody doing out there? It's your host, Jason Dennis, back with another episode of our Run the Rays podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Hope you're having a great start to the month of March. Uh, we're talking a little bit about sports on this uh, podcast uh, this week and uh, uh, some fitness and also talking about faith and just how they all mix together. Um, you know, uh, and speaking of sports, you know, I grew up in North Carolina, so I played basketball pretty much on a daily basis. Still my favorite sport. Then I moved a couple of decades ago to the uh, Georgia area and right next to Alabama. So down here, as you might know, football is king. So um, what about hockey? Well, you know, I've never been a big hockey fan. I've never been to Canada myself, but I've seen some amazing athletes on the ice. One of those is our guest for episode number 16 of the Run the Race podcast, Jerome Boom Boom Bashar. That's right. We're going to find out how he gets that nickname, Boom Boom, and some other uh, fun nicknames as well. Uh, he's talking about his pro hockey career, including coaching, which is what he's doing now in the uh, Georgia area. He also talks about how faith and prayer play a role on and off the ice. Also talks about fitness regimen, the Columbus River Dragons. In fact, a side note, my second cousin, Tim Santapalo from Illinois, is actually on the Columbus River Dragons semi-pro hockey team. Um, great guy. He's about five foot four, maybe. The rest of the guys are about six foot to six four. So he, uh, he stands out in the crowd uh, for sure. Uh, Tim's a great guy, and the team is doing fantastic. Love to see the hockey action, even though I maybe wasn't a big hockey fan, but going to see them locally, really exciting. Uh, so, you know, support your local teams wherever you live. Support, you know, hockey, basketball, football, baseball, whatever. Um, Boom Boom also is going to be talking about why hockey players fight. You know, that's that's a big attraction for hockey fans, of course. You want to go and you want to see the fight and get bloody. People go into the penalty box for minutes at a time. So uh, that definitely happens throughout hockey games. And uh, speaking of fighting, uh, there's also fighting that goes on when it comes to your Christian faith or whatever you believe spiritually. You know, it's all about fighting the good fight of faith. Uh, it's written in Romans 12:21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You know, we have um, sometimes desires that are just the opposite of that, to maybe uh, lash out at somebody else. Uh, you know, our human reasoning says that maybe, oh, this is impossible, or they're just going to walk all over me. Um, you know, sometimes we just need a little bit of humility. I, I've learned that. God gave me a message uh, years ago that uh, said, you know, humble yourself. And it's okay uh, not really to be walked on or take advantage of, but just to kind of be able to focus on God and being kind to others no matter the circumstance. Uh, and to fight the good fight of faith means that we are really firmly anchored in the Word of God. We really need to do... Um, in action, not just talk about it, but do what Jesus says, which is take up our cross daily and deny ourselves, which you can look that up. It's in Luke 9, 23. It's, it's a narrow path. It's, it's a path that maybe is not easy, not always fun, but it is one that is with virtue and really will be well worth it in the end. Turning now to uh, our uh, talk about fights and much more with Jerome Boom Boom Bouchard, who's a husband and father of two, who graduated high school and turned pro, drafted by the Hartford Whalers, 115th overall in the NHL, signed with the LA Kings, eventually going on to play AAA 
uh, in New Haven, Connecticut, played for the Birmingham Bulls in Alabama, eventually coming to Columbus, Georgia, playing for the Cotton Mouse, where he was a player and or coach for two decades. He's also a full-time realtor now, and of course uh, working with the Columbus River Dragons, a new hockey team in town. Uh, and uh, here's our discussion with Jerome Boom Boom Bashar. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me or thinking of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, um, you know, before we get into some of the rapid fire questions, uh, tell us about how you got that name Boom Boom because it stuck with you for a while, right? Yeah, you know what? Um, throughout the years, uh, playing hockey back in the '90s. Uh, it was kind of minor league was kind of more like wrestling, so those nicknames were important to I guess uh, uh, market the players. Um, and of course, I had the long hair, no go, no no teeth and goatee. Um, and actually, in Birmingham, my nickname was Jerome. Stay out of my yard, Bichard. And when I came to uh, Columbus, uh, Charlie Morrow at the time was the owner. I'm like, I'm like, sir. You can call me whatever the heck you want. You're paying me. So <laughs> boom, boom, kind of stuck. And uh, you know what? It's uh, boom, boom. A lot of people don't even know my real name. So uh, <laughs> boom, boom's fine. Stay out of my yard. So do you, did you bring the boom when you played hockey? Uh, yes, I, I guess I guess so. That's why they marketed me uh, as well as they did. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get into the fast forward. So first of all, what is your job description at work and also at home? Because I know both are busy. I'm the head coach uh, of the Columbus River Dragons. Um, and that entails, uh, you know, kind of all hockey, hockey operations type thing. And um, I'm a part-time, part-time uh, equipment guy, part-time medical guy. I do doctor's appointments for the guys. I, go, I do laundry, uh, a little bit of everything to help out. Make sure that those guys understand what it is to be professional um, and get treated what, right. Um, I also have another full-time job as a realtor. And then at home, you know what, uh, my wife Rhonda and my two kids, uh, Alex and Kylie, Alex and Kylie are out of the house. They're, one's graduated college and one's uh, over in Auburn. So uh, role at home has changed a little bit, uh, but it's still the same. Just uh, uh, provide for the family and make sure that uh, I'm rock solid and they have somebody to lean on. So how do you stay uh, physically fit? Again, you know, we talked about that may be different than it was 20 years ago. Yeah, about that. <laughs> uh, you know what? I've had to work out my whole life, you know, as, a, as an athlete, and, and uh, so I did that. Um, so right now, I play men's league uh, hockey uh, at least twice a week, um, and then uh, I'm on the ice with the guys every morning, uh, so that, that, that kind of keeps me active. I don't do as much with those guys as I used to as far as skating-wise, um, and, you know, right now, that's kind of it. In the summertime when there, there isn't the hockey thing going, um, try to get to the, uh, a buddy of mine has a CrossFit gym at home and we try to work out. And I do like the feeling of being sore when you do work out and push up, sit ups or whatever, push yourself a little bit. And I don't, I'm not a runner. I'm not a runner. I'm not a, this body is not a running like your body. Wife. <laughs> yeah. Like my wife and my wife, oh man, she's, uh, she's at the gym three to five days a week and, and, uh, running and all that stuff. So she makes me feel bad or look bad. <laughs> Speaking of pushing yourself, do you have a particular spiritual or faith motto in your walk? I don't think you're ever where you need to be uh, spiritually. Um, and, uh, growing up, I was born uh, born or raised in a Catholic uh, uh, Catholic faith, 
And then uh, we got down here. I guess I would be considered a Southern Baptist from Canada. <laughs> uh, it's still my goal. I've yet to read the Bible from front to back, you know, and, you, you know, you, you do snippets here and there and, and all that stuff. But um, over the years, I think I've, I've learned so much um, more biblically. Um, and we were just talking about it earlier. Uh, uh, <laughs> excuse me, answers are there. People have been going through the same struggles that we go through day to day for 2,000, 3,000 years, and we keep making the same darn mistakes. Um, and you know what? I, I, and just like you're raising your kids, you, your kids have to almost experience that to learn. Um, so, you know, try to try to uh, get up in the morning and and have a little bit of quiet time and prayer and and read a couple verses and see what's what the day has for me and uh, this and that and and a quick story quick story when I was 17 years old um, and I think God God's talking to us all the time I mean I really do believe that we're so darn busy more times than not that we miss messages signals this and that and um so at 17 years old took a puck to the face lost my teeth uh my mom's like oh you need to go to the family dentist and uh um we're uh we're about 45 minutes away from from moose shot to regina is about 45 minutes say from here to lagrange on the interstate kind of thing middle of winter time ice storm and as a 17 year old i'd kind of uh, wasn't a great driver, so I had speeding, speeding tickets and, and seatbelt tickets. So I'd lost my license for about six months and I just got it back. Right. So head over to Regina to go see my family dentist, got there, everything's good. And, uh, I'm driving an 87 Jeep Renegade and, uh, great car there. Uh, yeah, no, I, I loved it. Loved it. And I just passed this RCMP. I'm like, you know what? And I didn't have my seatbelt on. I'm like, you know I've been burnt a whole bunch of times here. Might as well put my seatbelt on. About three minutes later, did a 360, hit a patch of ice, 360 on the highway, rolled my Jeep eight times. Wow. Um, the truck driver that was behind me pulled over and said, I can't believe you're all right because it was that bad. And, you know, in my mind, I'm like, you know what? If God didn't put that RCMP on that highway at that time, I probably wouldn't be talking here today. So that that was kind of a uh, a lead into you know kind of uh, he's he's out there taking care of us yeah. type thing. So divine intervention indeed for sure. And one last of the fast four. What is something unique about Jerome Bouchard? You know what? I guess I guess my persona as a hockey player. I don't know if it's unique or not, but my persona as a hockey player is mean and rough and tumble and you know this and that and and I'm so far away from that i'm a big teddy bear i cry at the drop of a hat i uh, just uh, uh this and that so i don't know if that's unique or not but that's what sticks out in my and mind you have more teeth and a shorter hair now uh well i guess i got fake teeth <laughs> and shorter hair yeah um well uh, we're going to talk a little bit later about the uh the new uh, columbus georgia river dragons hockey team in fact my second cousin tim santapalo is on the team we'll talk a little bit about him but first of all uh tell me about you know take me through your journey real quick about how and why um you got started with hockey was it something that you loved even as a little kid yeah you know what uh growing up in regina saskatchewan uh i we farm back home i have we have a family farm i have a twin brother um i have two older sisters and a younger brother and my me uh and my twin played hockey all the way growing up and we traveled and our parents 
had us all over the place. I feel bad for my sisters because they always got dragged along or left at home or whatever because they were so busy with us. Um, but it, everything worked out good. Um, my my twin brother uh, ended up uh, kind of scaling back and not taking that journey with hockey. I went to visit him uh, one weekend and uh, ran into this cute little thing and uh, 35 years later, we're still, we're still together. Uh, help uh, me Rhonda. Right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, you know, so, uh, from that point, I, I, uh, moved away from home when I was 15 and, uh, played in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, uh, for the Moose Jaw Warriors in the WHL, which is the premier junior league up in Canada. Um, my dream was to be drafted and, and, uh, make it to the NHL. Um, part of it was, part of that was fulfilled. I was drafted by the Hartford Whalers in the sixth round. Um, so I, I didn't sign with them, went to three NHL camps, one in Hartford, um, which that camp was in uh, Lake Placid, New York, where Miracle on Ice happened. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty cool to be yeah. in, the, in the same building. Um, the same token, I'm a terrible skater, um, not a gifted hockey player. And I had no business being on Olympic size ice because the Olympic size ice is uh, 20 feet longer and 10 feet wider than what the Civic Center is. Hmm. So, yeah, fish out of water. Um, fortunate enough to sign uh, a minor league contract with the LA Kings. Uh, another highlight was I was fortunate to uh, be on the same ice and team as Wayne Gretzky at training camp with in LA, so that was that was really cool. Did you ever go one on one with him? Uh, no, he tended to uh, he tended to stay away. It's kind of funny. We went out for practice, and you know, twenty one year old guy, you know, trying to make a team, this and that. And uh, I think one of the young guys got their stick up close to his uh, close to his face in a in a drill or whatever, and. Uh, he just skated off the ice. He's like, yeah, I, I've had enough. I don't need to be out here with these guys. Kind of thing. So, <laughs> I don't want to get hurt yeah, yeah. with these, uh, you know, the, the amateurs. Yeah. Right? So it was pretty fun. It was pretty funny, but no, just being in the same, we were in the same locker room. Uh, we were in the same locker room with him and, uh, you know, all the NHL stars. It was, it was, it was really, uh, really a, kind of a highlight of my career. So uh, for you, when you know, you graduate um, from high school and you turn pro, so was for you, was that just like, okay, this is what I'm doing for my life. I want to be a hockey player forever. Yeah, that's kind of what it was. And you know what? I, I mean, look back, would I change anything? I don't think I would. Um, unfortunately, I don't have a degree. I mean, I got my high school diploma and, and, you know, I was so wrapped up in hockey. And at that point, uh, as a young athlete, you're thinking you're going to make it and make millions of dollars. And, you know, I, I go talk to kids at school sometimes and, you know, what I, I guess define definition of success and a lot of kids success means money. And you know what? Uh, never made a whole lot of money. I make a good living and I've done well for myself. Um, but uh, you know what? Life's all about helping people around you what how, what do you do to make people around you better and whether that's a whether it's a, a handshake and a wink to a little a little fellow a little six seven year old you never know what's going on in their lives and you know put a smile on a kid's face or or you know uh, I went to a school one year um, out in Fort Benning and you know the military family is kind of a tough when your father's deployed and all that stuff and um, and then at that age, you know, your kids are, can kind of be mean and, and, uh, you know, you're moving around and you don't have friends. So this uh, one fellow was having uh, a tough time fitting in school 
and uh, his his mom came down and said, "Hey, um, he loves coming to the games. He, you know, he just idolizes you. Would you mind coming to class and, and speaking to his class?" So I'm like, "Oh, yeah, that's right up my alley. That's what I, I love. I love it." So um, go in there, and you know, I made sure to tell him that, "Hey." I'm yours today, so use me. You can get some street cred, so you know you know boom boom, you know boom boom. You're the one that's bringing them into the class, so yeah. this is all about you. So make sure that uh, everyone knows this and that. So just little things like that, you know, you, you never know what has an impact on people's lives, and and uh, um, you know, uh, and that's what I teach to my hockey guys too. I'm like, guys, you guys are so wrapped up in yourselves and what you're doing, and and life's really about the people around you, whether it's your teammates or people you meet out in the community that's that's what it's all about and it's uh, kind of inevitable that talk of hockey um, ultimately can lead in some ways to talking about fights uh, because a lot of people you know like they maybe go to nascar to see the wreck they go to hockey to see the fight so that's something that is just part of the game whether as a player as a coach is that something you guys talk about or is that just something that just happens in a raw sense it, it happens in a raw sense and you know what fighting and hockey i mean i think there there definitely is is a spot for it, but I mean, um, you know, I, I spoke to the kids today and it, to me it happens for three reasons. Um, you know, one, it's entertaining, but really in the game itself, Jason Dennis is on my hockey team and he's my goal scorer. He's my, the best player on the hockey team. And, I would be. One day contract. Well, you, you know, so, so my job, my job is to make you feel comfortable on the ice so you can do your job. And that's goal, that's goal scoring. On the other team, the other team's job is to make you scared and not want to play. So if I'm on your line and if I see anybody trying to take advantage of you, my job is to go to that guy and say, hey, knock it off, otherwise you're going to have to deal with me. Man, more times than not, that would be enough, but every now and then you have to scrap. So, you know, that's the first one is I'm protecting you so you can go out and do your job. That's the first reason. Second reason, you know what? The momentum of the game is just not going well for whatever reason. You know, the guy, you know, there's no energy. It's kind of not life, not live or not lively out there. And um, you get in a big hit, you get in a fight, you, uh, you know, uh, you block a big shot. All of a sudden, oh, oh, boom, boom's going. Let's roll. Let's follow. And all of a sudden the guys on the bench get a little life. The fans get going. And all of a sudden we're losing 3 nothing, And all of a sudden it's 3-1. to one. Then it's three two, and then I usually do a fly by the bench, and like here we come, boys, we're here in trouble now. <laughs> and more than likely, you keep on going, keep that momentum going. So, um, and that's those are the two main reasons. The third one, you know, and I talk about it at school too, is you know sometimes um, at some point Jason Dennis need, maybe has to stick up for himself every now and then. You're getting bullied or this and that. And if you, when I talk to the kids at school, I'm like, hey, listen, first of all, if you're getting bullied, you need to go to the, uh, your teacher. <laughs> and make make sure make sure you handle that properly. But every now and then, if you just push back, maybe uh, uh, onto that guy and say, "Hey, I'm not going to take it anymore," maybe they'll leave you alone, type thing. So, yeah. and then uh, and then so that's as a hockey player. And then as a coach, how do you how do you coach that and how do you manage that? And I I you know over the, uh, my 14 years coaching now, I mean, I've never sent anybody out. To say, hey, you go fight that guy yeah, over there. Yeah, as the uh, true enforcer. Right. Yeah. I'm like, you know, and and we may need something to get going or whatever. I'm like, guys, 
if you play a certain way, if you go and run over their best player, if you do something to somebody that's not get done to, if they don't come back and scrap you, then we're going to win the game. And be, just because that guy is intimidated and we we should be all right. So, uh, I think it, and now that I say that, it's a man, I'm a big bully out there. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, I mean, that's, that's why. And, and you know what, uh, as, as a hockey player, uh, and whatever level there, there's a certain amount of respect that you have to have for your, the game and the players you're playing against. I mean, if you really think about it, I have a hockey stick in my hand. It's a lethal weapon. And, you know, if I choose to do something bad with it, I, I could hurt you really badly with, with it. So more, uh, you know, that, that respect has to be there. And, uh, and sometimes the, the line does get crossed. Um, but more times than not, if I fought a guy, I'm going to buy him a beer afterwards and, and say, Hey, listen, Hey, that was a good scrap. Good job. And type thing. So more times than not, it's, it, it, it's just, part of it and and part of the game and and you know what entertaining I mean I knew more times than not during a game that if I, there was 4,000 5,000 people in the building I knew I was going to fight it's just a matter of who and when and making sure it was at the right time so I didn't put my team in a bad position yeah doing it for the sake of the team right yeah you know so and you were talking about how you know hockey can be a dangerous sport I mean these are guys skating up and down pretty fast with with sticks and a, and a puck that's flying really fast. So um, is is faith and just kind of being, you know, uh, overall well-being of the players, is that a part of it as well? I know you've had chaplains in the past, past teams. Is that something that's part of the culture? Uh, you know what? Traditionally, no. But you know what? Um, traditions change, and they need to change. Um, and, you know, growing up in junior as a young man – uh, you know, that was very separated usually. And you know what, if there was, uh, 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 one player that was, that was, uh, uh, really spiritual, really religious and, you know, brought his Bible on the bus and this and that. And, um, in the past, we're big and tough and we're like, yeah, this guy, this guy is, yeah, you know, he's not the guy. I'm like, he is the guy because he had enough gumption to bring his life into that locker room and, and try to do it. And, and fast forward to, to me now, um, you know, the last five, six, the last three or four years at the, with the Cottonmouth, we had a invocation before every every game, and it was good. And we had Reverend Jay uh, with Solid Rock got involved, and he was our team pastor. And you know what? When he first when he first introduced myself or uh, introduced himself to me, and we got to know each other, um, he's like, "I just want to be around the athletes and and be around, and you know, just be part of something." I miss that team concept or whatever. So this is Pastor Jay Bailey, who, who is Canadian. So yeah. Yeah. Talking. Yeah. Canadian with a Jamaican accent. Uh, <laughs> love it. Love it. Um, you know, so the very first year he came into the locker room, um, he had two guys in the corner of, of the dressing room and would say a prayer before every game. At the end of the year, he was in the locker room with everybody doing the, doing that type thing. So, um, very, and I think uh, now, I, as I look back, and I think it is an important part of uh, of maturity level and this and that. And a lot of these young young men, twenty one to twenty five, they don't have that in their lives. And and I I don't think you can push uh, that on anybody, but you can 
plant a seed, you can lead them to the water. You can't force them to drink it, but just the more we talk about it, the more we talk about God and, you know, he's good and, and he does care and, and, and he is sending you messages every single day. And the more you can open up people's minds and ears and be open about it, um, it's up to it's up to them to to change their ways and and open it up. So I think it is really important. And, uh, I know he's helped us, and I know I have a passage in the locker room um, from him still today. So well, and you know, and it can that can go for like whether a hockey team or whether working at a business anywhere. You know, any kind of thing that you can do. Um, I wanted to turn the conversation to Columbus River Dragons, uh, a new hockey team in town. This is your very first season taking over for the Columbus Cottonmouths. Uh, Columbus Cottonmouths were here. For for how long? Twenty years. Twenty-four years. Yeah, yep. a long yep. time. Yep. And, and you were a part of that, and a big part of that. Your team just set the FPHL record for attendance, more than five thousand, right? Yeah, more than five thousand. So we switched. We switched leagues. We were in the Southern Pro League uh, with the Cottonmouths, and now we're in the the Federal Hockey League or the Fed. The Federal Prospect Hockey League. Um, so it's a it's it's uh, it's basically single A. So it's similar to the SPHL. Um, but realistically, it's probably just a half a step down. Um, and, uh, you know, we play in a little bit smaller markets. A lot of the markets are practice facilities and this and that. So when they get to come to the Civic Center and, and play in front of 5,000 people, it's pretty pretty cool. The guys were pretty jacked up this weekend, but uh, it's going really well. Um, they kind of talked me into, into this because uh, when the new ownership group came in, uh, they're like, who is this boom, boom guy? That's all I hear is boom, 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 boom. If you have hockey in Columbus, you need boom, boom. And, and, uh, finally we got to meet and he's like, we just want you to be involved. It doesn't really matter, uh, at what level. And I'm like, yes, uh, you know, but my real estate career is going really well. I really don't have a whole lot of time to be the head coach. Um, you know, I was planning just to be the community relations guy and just kind of, uh, do what I can there. And, uh, they came back about a month and a half later um, and asked me if I would be willing to help coach. I'm like, oh yeah, help coach. I don't have to go on the road. Give me a give me a head guy. This and that. Well, now I'm the head coach and I'm traveling on the road at some sometimes if I if I can't more times than not I can. I'm but, sure you uh, love it. I do love it. Uh, I do love it. But uh, it's a matter of um, and prior prior to that is uh, with the Cottonmouth I was the head coach general manager I was running the business side of it I was doing the hockey side of it I was you know so a little hectic now just with the hockey it's uh, that was kind of my passion and I had to do the other part and uh, I think I did an all right job but uh, it, it is a little easier just to, to zone in on the hockey part and and really meld these guys together and it, it's going well we had a rough start at the beginning uh, we had a whole, we we do have a talented hockey team, um, but these kids are pretty stubborn and set in their <laughs> ways. And I don't think they've ever had any type of real structure. They've you know they know they know the game and they just know they got to skate and shoot and this and that. I'm like guys, if we have structure and if everybody knows where we where everybody is, it's going to make it so much easier. Fast forward to now, they we're we're kind of zoned in and we're we're fairly structured and the guys have all bought in and. And just all the stuff we've talked about right up until this point, you know, discipline, hard work, respect, uh, you know, we're still working on a lot of those things. But, um, you know, to, what, is it, what is it to be a good teammate? I mean, yeah. it, respect that guy's working and you're not. 
I mean, you know, let's all, we got to buy in. There's no, we can't have one guy um, cut corners and this and that. So um, it's gone well and they've, they're pl- starting to play boom, boom style hockey. Everyone's physical, everyone's hitting. Um, and I really do think that's the only way you can play. Hard work, hard work and physical play will more than likely beat talent um, if the talent doesn't work hard. Mm-hmm. So we have talent and we work hard and we play that way. And uh, I think we're, we're definitely getting, uh, reaping some rewards because of it. Because I think I counted up, I think you guys have won 14 of your last 17 and just won a series against, I think, the number one team, right? Number one team in the other division, yeah. It was uh, it was uh it was a real playoff hockey game, and we played them five games in a row, two games up in Danbury last weekend, and then three here Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And um, uh, it was a playoff series, and we went into it. I'm like, guys, five games, we just got to win uh, one more than them, and this is our first playoff challenge kind of thing. Three games and three nights. Uh, I, I mean, and uh, I guess I'd like to brag about hockey a little bit, like, the athleticism and the conditioning and what you have to put in, into one hockey game, let alone play three games in a row, and thank God we didn't have to travel, which this next weekend we have three games in a row and we're in Winston-Salem on Friday night. We're home on Saturday and go back to Winston-Salem. So that's a marathon. Like, I mean, uh, yesterday the guys were disciplined, uh, didn't have a whole lot left in the tank, but, uh, you know, uh, it's really funny when you're when your body starts shutting down and you don't have the legs and your mind is tired. Just that one, uh, something positive goes, your energy level rises. Mm-hmm. Something negative goes, your energy energy drops. Now a lot of the guys on your team, because I've been to several games, and very exciting, entertaining. A lot of fun for the Columbus River Dragons here in Georgia. Um, a lot of your guys are like six one to six four, built like trucks. But then there's my um, my <laughs> second cousin from Illinois, Tim Sentapalo, who has his last name misspelled quite often. Uh, so tell me about him. Is he is he a scrappy young fella? Every time I do his lineup card, I have to look at his name to make sure the O and the A's are in the right spot. <laughs> uh, but you know you, you know what, Tim has been a pleasure. Uh, um, he is an unbelievable teammate, um, and a pleasure to coach. Um, we've had, and like you said, he's a pint sized little fellow, great, uh, great mustache, <clears throat> great mustache, great mustache. <laughs> um, uh, you know, he works hard. He's not the most physical presence out there. Um, he's not scared. Um, and actually the last, uh, five games we've been understaffed on our blue line as a defenseman. And, uh, so I asked him if he'd play a little D and he's been one of our better defensemen out there. And, uh, it's kind of funny cause you know, usually as a, fo- you know, you have five guys out there and you have three, you know, you have three forwards out there and you have two defensemen. And so you have a forward group and a defensive group, right? Kind of like football, um, and usually the defensemen are are kind of thought as is these big kind of monster guys and and you know are physical and all that stuff and then uh then the forwards usually tend to be thought of as smarter hockey players and this and that but finesse, finesse type thing and and you need to me on a good hockey team you need three defensemen that are finesse guys that can move the puck that are very smart and then you need three heavy horses back there and one heavy horse with one finesse guy 
to have three guys and then, you know, type thing. And that's how it is. But now the last three games, Timmy's really played well. Uh, and he's that finesse guy back there. Um, just makes a quiet little pass and this and that. And, and then you, you know what, you're going up against six foot four forwards that are coming at you a hundred miles an hour. And, uh, you know what, he's shifty enough and he's quick enough to evade and, and this and that. So he's been good. Um, for anybody listening, maybe, you know, it proves that size doesn't always matter. It's mm-hmm. sometimes heart and, and it, mental, right? Yeah, no, it really, it really is. you know what, and it, everything is up upstairs. It's everything is in your mind and, and you go back to what we've talked about. It's, you know, faith, family, everything comes up here and, you know, you make the right decision at the right time. And, uh, anyway, so there's so much there, everything, everything intertwines with your work, your life off the ice, on the ice. And, and speaking to your family, you have, um, a daughter, Alex, who graduated from UGA and Kylie, uh, your younger daughter, a freshman red shirt soccer player at Auburn. So, okay. The, the, the important question here is, do you root for Auburn or Georgia or <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, not now, I guess it's Auburn soccer. Yeah, it's Auburn. I'm a little more biased to Auburn right now. Um, But really growing or not growing up, but being down south here, not really knowing football and all that stuff. And, you know, back home, you know, New Year's. Oh, oh, we get to watch football. As a 17 year old living in Canada, you don't know, you can see, you know, we're, we're taking, we're getting all the feeds and you see Alabama and like, what? that's not football. Football is like the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. That's my, that's our football type thing. So, um, it, it is a little different, but no, definitely more Auburn. Uh, Alex went to UGA. She's got her, uh, her degree in nutritional science, but I think she's kind of switching. She might be, in, go back to nursing school and get a nursing degree, be a travel nurse. And then Kylie, uh, last year at this time, she tore ACL, um, playing, uh, uh, club club soccer actually playing high school soccer um, and uh, so her freshman year at school was a little tough mentally you know you're she's still on the team still got a scholarship still all the stuff but you're not contributing and so you don't feel connected so uh, I hate that for her but uh, it'll make her stronger for it and she's just been cleared she's played a couple of her first games spring games so um, looking forward to it and as a soccer player I guess she gets her talent from my wife uh, <laughs> the running part yeah she gets her her talent and uh, her, her talent because I'm athletic, but I was never gifted. I've had to work hard, and, you know, my job was to run through that brick wall for the team. So I, hopefully I, she I won't get the boom-boom name, like running people over. Well, no, well, I was going to say, she, uh, she's she got the talent, so she plays a finesse-style game, uh-huh. but she's got that mentality. So she, you're, you're never going to outwork her, and you're not going to get the ball. And if she does lose it, she's going to get it back somehow. She's going to slide tackle you. She's going to do something. She's, yeah, she's... Tiny little thing, but uh, she's good. No, no free passes. Yeah, no free passes. So, and that's a and to me that's a lethal combination. Yeah, so, um, really excited for her, and, and hopefully she can uh, contribute to Auburn winning a national championship. Yeah, well, where you go to her and yeah. uh, Coach uh, Bashar, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, good luck to your Columbus River Dragons. I think the uh, the season, the regular season ends in early April, but you guys clinch a spot. You're in the playoffs. Yeah, we're in the playoffs. We're uh, you know we're in fourth place, and we may have an opportunity to. Qualify climb up one or two spots we're going to need some help from other people but hopefully the other people kind of take us for granted and and uh, we can catch some people with their eyes shut awesome awesome well good luck to you and uh, and hope you guys win a, a lot more games this year thank you so much thank you
Coach Bouchard, really a cool customer, uh, under pressure, on and off the ice, really a, a super nice guy who uh, talked about uh, not only his hockey transformation and all his uh, teeth that had to be replaced, but also his faith transformation and being uh, open and honest about that and really how uh, that is uh, such a, a big part of his life now and maybe wasn't in uh, his early years of playing hockey. He also wants to really promote the, the sport of hockey. He coaches a 14-year-old team for uh, youth hockey in the Columbus, Georgia area as well. So uh, we wish him all the best and uh, go River Dragons. Turning now to our final segments, starting with food for thought, some news tidbits when it comes to uh, fighting that good fight. Starting out on the uh, spiritual side of things, I uh, found a news uh, article here, very interesting, about how the U.S. Army Licensing Office has at least temporarily banned a faith-based company from engraving Bible verses on Army-licensed dog tags and jewelry, uh, outraging some folks, including a religious freedom law group who said it's unconstitutional to remove those biblical references from licensed Army products. Shields of Strength, they've been authorized the last seven years to sell those products with Army trademarks and seals, and uh, they've uh, done about 4 million dog tags with these Bible verses on it. And uh, the email they got uh, after the email they got about this was because the Military Religious Freedom Foundation, a secular legal organization, sent a complaint to all branches of the military about shields of strength. Now, on the other side of things, First Liberty Institute, they said the U.S. Constitution actually prevents the government from favoring or disfavoring religious viewpoints. And uh, there's reports that a Republican representative, Ralph Abraham from Louisiana, sent a letter to the Secretary of Defense asking for cl clarification. And the Army spokesperson said they are looking into the matter. I certainly hope that there is a decision made on that. Uh, for the sake of religious freedom. And on the fitness side of things, we're turning to Minnesota, where there's a boxing program that empowers participants to fight back against Parkinson's disease. One of those that's participating, 68-year-old St. Cloud, Minnesota resident Joe Meir, who's a Participating in this gym, it's called Rock Steady Boxing, a program established in Indiana in 2006. And the program's founder learned that boxing drills, that, you know, you have agility, you have hand-eye coordination, footwork, speed, that can actually alleviate, he says, some symptoms of Parkinson's. So now it's really spread to 850 uh, gyms worldwide, including about a dozen gyms in Minnesota, and uh, including uh, Mr. Mayor. And uh, the boxing training challenges the brain to create some uh, new neural connections, according to experts, and that counteracts the neurons that are gradually breaking down as that disease of uh, Parkinson's progresses. Uh, the Indiana gym uses non-contact boxing drills, but they do have some uh, gentle glove-to-glove -glove combat. In addition to the physical benefits, boxing training, also building confidence, because, I mean, this is a devastating prognosis. You know, my dad um, had Parkinson's disease and uh, really uh, um, took him downhill fast. And uh, I pray for all those families that uh, have to go through something like that because it's really can be devastating. But uh, it's great to see some new tools being used uh, from the fitness realm. And also I know they're come, trying to come up with a cure to deal with uh, diseases like Parkinson's. And now to our parting gift uh, and uh, one that has to do with a little bit of the fight that we all need. Uh, it's a quote, if you sweat in prayers, you will never bleed in battle. That's from Nigerian televangelist Apostle Johnson Solomon. Again, if you sweat in prayers, 
you'll never bleed in battle. The importance of the power of prayer and how we need to get on our knees every day, several times a day, and pray to God, not just when we are down and out or need something, uh, but also to give Him glory and praise. And closing today in prayer, thank you, Lord, for... um, allowing us to be here and speak on this podcast about uh, fitness and faith and um, you know, uh, speaking your name, Jesus, without um, any reservations. And uh, we just thank you for um, the opportunity to talk to um, Coach Bouchard about his faith walk, and uh, maybe he can be an inspiration to, to so many others uh, that have uh, had that transformation, uh, not just physically, but also spiritually. And uh, thank you again uh, for uh, just the blessings you'll pour upon us as we enter a new month, uh, that you'll help us and our families stay healthy um, and bring healing where there needs to be healing uh, in our mind, body, and soul. You name it, pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us for this Run the Race podcast. Remember, you can subscribe. Do that right now at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, all kinds of different platforms. Also, if you want to listen to any of the past 15 episodes before this one, uh, some really cool stuff on there, uh, you can go to WTVM.com slash podcast. We also would love for you to write uh, you know, a review, a, a five-star rating and review at the bottom of the Apple Podcast as we continue this journey of fitness and faith together. God bless.